Let's get some of that movie chat. Credits roll by and I tip my hat. Credits roll by, I wanna know more right away. Let's have some of that movie chat. Credits roll by, tell me who did that. Life in the credits is where I wanna play. Welcome to Life in the Credits. This is a show where we learn about entertainment by chatting with people who work in the industry. I'm Susan. And I'm Ben, and today we're discussing the film Pinocchio. And joining us today is our special guest, Jeanette Moreno-King. So welcome, Jeanette. Thanks hey, for Jeanette. joining us. Hey, <laughs> thanks for having me. Yes, Absolutely. we're excited to talk to you. We're very excited. So can you tell us a little bit about what you do in the entertainment world? I was the supervising director on Little Demon. That means that I take it from uh, once the scripts are written, I give a few notes on the scripts and take the show all the way through design and edit and everything all the way to the final mix and deliver it to the channel. Right. And then, you know, I do approved designs and all of that kind of stuff, all the visual stuff. Very cool. So it sounds like supervising director, is that similar to like a showrunner on like a live action show? It's more like a director. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So with animation, there's so many, if you're a supervising director, you have directors working under you. Okay. The creators of the show are normally the showrunners. Okay. So it's more like I'm the visual component helping them. Okay. Get the show they want. Okay. So, got it. Gotcha. But so, I do have to know all every step of the yeah, process. Yeah. So, it sounds like you have to know pretty much all of it. <laughs> yeah. Can you kind of tell us about your path for this career? Like how you started out, maybe some different things that influenced the direction you ended up going? Well, I started out um, originally, I'm from Texas and I went to UT at Austin and uh, started off in engineering. Oh, and, wow. Yeah. And once I was there, I was like, what the hell am I doing here? So I kind of floated around a little bit. And then I kind of like floated around and tried to figure it out. And then I ended up with like a degree in sculpture. Okay. And But while I was in school, I started doing comics and I was doing oh, a, lot of, nice. uh, a lot of autobiographical comics. And there were a lot of other, the group of cartoonists that I was with were really influential. Uh, mm-hmm. We were really... So like Robert Rodriguez was uh, yeah. a cartoonist at that time totally, and Chris, yeah. Chris yeah. Ware and like, you know, like a whole bunch of, it was a, re- and my husband was a cartoonist, his name's <laughs> Tom King. That's where we met. And then, you know, we were there in college and playing around and Austin was like a cheap place to live. Yeah. And so we were just kind of hanging around, going to bands and stuff. Nice. And then an animation studio opened in Austin and there wasn't oh, a pool cool of animation people for them to draw from yeah and they were like hey you know how to draw we'll train you and I was like sounds like fun you know (laughs) and uh so my first job there was on uh as as a as a key assistant director I mean uh animator on uh the original Space Jam yes and yeah so we also worked on like uh these like Christian cartoons and then a whole bunch of like feature like Anastasia and Prince of Egypt. Yeah. And then once work started to dry up, we were like, we should move to LA. And and we didn't have a job set up. My husband was doing the same thing. And uh, a lot of our family was like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. You know, (laughs) crazy people. Like you can always come home, you know? (laughs) And we were like, hell no, we're out of here. (laughs) After four months of being here, like not quite landing anything, uh, Tom got hired on Futurama 
And then I got hired like a few months after that. Nice. You know, we did character layout for a while. And and then steadily, like uh, when Futurama got canceled after 9-11 and Tom and I were both unemployed at the same time. And then I was like, okay, that's the last time we're doing that. We're never working at the same studio again. (laughs) That's good advice. Good to spread it around. Yep. So then I just kind of worked on different shows and kind of um, I was a character layout artist on Futurama. And then I went to like The Simpsons and, you know, that uh, a character layout artist is kind of like a key pose animator. So it was like a next step for that. And then I wanted to learn how to do storyboards. And The Simpsons, you know, all of those people, they've been there forever. They just got approved. For Greenland. I know, I saw that. 35th and 36th season. Yeah. It is insane. That's over, that's going to be over 800 episodes. Yeah. Uh, I worked on season 14 and 15, just to give you context. And so they, you know, all of, they have a lot of their people kind of locked in. And I was like, I want to learn how to storyboard. And they were like, well, why should we train you to Mm. do that? So I quit and I went to Cartoon Network. And took a pay cut and got a revisionist job, okay. uh, uh, storyboard revisions, and then slowly started learning that and, yeah. and became a director. And, you know, so it's kind of every step of the process. Like, yeah. Can you kind of break down the hierarchy of the animation department for us? It depends on the show. Everybody thinks that we have this all figured out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't. I mean, the truth is that you learn what you do. Yeah. And then when you get a show, you try to figure out, okay, what's the style of the show and how are we going to make this show? So like, depending on the type of show that you're on and depending on which studio you work at, there's like slight differences. So like the way that like daytime is structured is is pretty different from like a primetime show. Primetime show, the crews are a lot bigger. Usually it's like you have the creators of the show. And you know how at the end of a TV show, you see all of those, those like plates of like uh, the different co- uh, production companies. That oh, right. Yeah. So the creators of the show have usually paired up with their like EPs with some other show or they create their own company. And then it's like the channel and then there's like the production, the animation yeah. production. So, you know, those guys are like the top. They're like the gods of the show. Like they get to, they're the showrunners and get to like, what they say goes, you know, Mm -hmm. but the best ones collaborate with the artists, right? Mm -hmm. Like they understand the process and all of that. So then after that, it's like the producers, the animation producers, and then it's like the supervising directors. Oh, and under the creators of the show is the writing team. So it's like supervising director, directors, sometimes assistant directors. You have an art director, assistant art director, character leads, Character designers, BG leads, BG designers, <laughs> paint, BG paint. Sometimes there's a lead. And then there's like uh, BG design. And BG stands for background, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Background. And then props, you know, that's all its own thing. Under the directors, there's storyboard artists, okay. uh, revisionists, and then there's editors. 
there's dialogue editors. <laughs> it's a huge team. It's a yes. massive, massive yeah. team. Yeah. And that's not even including post, you know, so it's pretty big. Yeah. That's wild. I mean, I love Futurama. Uh, it's one of my favorite shows of all time. <laughs> I love it too. Uh, Simpsons is a classic. Those are such iconic shows. And the, the project you mentioned Many of them have like sort of different animation styles. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you're working in animation, do you have to learn a bunch of different ways to, to draw or do you just sort of have to adapt on what you're doing? You have to adapt. I mean, that's the thing. Like you need to be really flexible. Yeah. So I've worked on so many different styles of shows yeah. that... I don't really know what my own personal style is anymore, <laughs> you know, yeah. but you have to be able to like uh, move and adjust. And one of the first things you do when you come onto a show, if it's a show that already exists, you just need to start practicing drawing the characters. Usually yeah. like your very first day when you're onboarded, they, they, you know, they're like, read the script, look at the animatics, draw these characters yeah. just so that you kind of get used to it. Because it has to become kind of muscle memory, mm -hmm. you know, that style does actually start to get into how you draw, like you yeah. pick up little things from every show, at least I do. And, you know, I don't know. I, yeah, you have to be able to be flexible and learn fast, but you're not just thrown into the sea and, yeah. you know. <laughs> Right. Unless it's like a brand new show. So yeah. one of my favorite things to do is to work on brand new shows. I yeah. like the world building aspect of yeah. it because you never know which way it's going to go. And every artist that you hire will contribute a little bit of yeah. their personal preference to it. And it actually does influence the style of the show. So that's kind of exciting. You know, if it's something that's super established, it's really hard to to do that. You just have to learn what they've like. If you go onto The Simpsons now, there is like 33 years. Of, yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. And the audience knows what those characters look like. Right. Oh, yeah. When they switch to digital, everybody there, they couldn't pinpoint exactly what it was, but they were like, this looks it's different. Different. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, it's interesting watching The Simpsons, too, because if you do watch those early seasons, the characters look way different now. Oh, yeah. um, so you kind of can see that evolution of the drawing and the artistry. But mm -hmm. then with Space Jam, like with all those Looney Tune characters, I mean, you had to come in and animate really well established characters. So one thing that I should make totally clear yeah. is that I'm not an animator. OK, right. There's a whole team That's of people true, yeah. that animate. Yeah. So like for The Simpsons, there are a couple of studios overseas. When I was there, they used Korean studios. I'm not sure if they still do or not because mm -hmm. that's expanded. Now there's like more and more animation yeah. studios everywhere that you vendor studios yeah. like in Mexico, in the Philippines, in Malaysia, in China, like all over. It really is a global yeah. global thing. So those are like huge teams of people that are just working on like the the Korean studio that Futurama used to use, and I, I'm pretty sure Simpsons used them too. They had over 700 employees, animators. Wow. Yeah, so it's a lot. Like the stage that I work at is considered pre-production. Okay. And then when they send it to the animation studios, that's called production. Okay. And then when we get it back and we start like giving notes and doing color and that kind of thing, then we call, that's called, that's like post-production. Okay. Right. So, yeah. so when when you're working on a project, 
does your process change if it's a hand-drawn show versus a computer-animated show? For sure. For sure. Yeah. Because, I mean, granted, like, a lot of shows are starting to move away from strictly hand-drawn. Yeah. Like, hand-drawn on paper. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You can still have hand-drawn on the computer, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, A lot of the overseas studios, it took them a long time to switch because that's a big uh, hardware investment for them. And yeah, then those artists need to learn how to use the software and all of that. So it took a while, but then there's also like, I work mostly, I work mostly in 2D, right? Um, Although there is like a blend that's starting to become really popular where there's some elements that are 3D, like Futurama was one of the early ones to use, like uh, all of their little ships were. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Every time there was a a city shot, it would be 3D, Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it just looked better. Yeah. So if you if it's all hand drawn on paper, doing retakes is a lot harder. Like okay. you need to send it back, and they need to redraw, or you have to have somebody here doing it. On Little Demon, we did it uh, with Harmony, which is like a it's like it's an animation software from Toon Boom, and we had our own retake animators here in the States and it was a Canadian studio that was following us up and they partnered with us. So we were constantly talking back and forth and we could make those adjustments really fast. Like there were things that on little demon, like the DeVito's production company were in charge of the show. And uh, the great thing is that they were incredibly involved. Like they really wanted to learn how does animation work. Mm -hmm. And like Danny DeVito would be in our edits and stuff. Like he would come to our meetings. It was really amazing. And the great thing was, is that since he was also doing a voice and Lucy, his daughter was also doing a voice, they could be in the edit sessions when we were at the end. And uh, when we were in retakes and trying to do like final edits, if they had a new line or if they wanted a new read in animation, you usually cannot do that stuff that late. Like it's a big money investment to do that. But since they were in the edit bay, right. They could try something out. Danny would like read, like read into his phone, could send the file to the editor. He could drop it right in. If it was something they liked, I could, I, I was, had like our retake animators on standby and I could be like, Hey, can you adjust this uh, expression, you know, to match like the new line and they would send it back before the end of the edit session. I mean, we were, it was pretty incredible. Yeah. Everything's really speeding up. We could be really responsive. And yeah, thinking about it, like if everything's digital especially you're not waiting for something in the mail like you're not waiting for new drawings to come in it's just right there i mean you're all logged into the same cloud so that's yeah in the old days it was like stacks and stacks of paper (laughs) they would put it into a box yeah and then we'd have all of these boxes and they would put it onto a boat and it would take like a week to get to korea (laughs) so you know if you'd yeah, like how do you do retakes on that, right? Right, You'd that's impossible. <laughs> it was really hard. Yeah. yeah, but they did it. They did yeah. do it. Just yeah. took a little longer to make stuff. <laughs> we understand you're also the president of the Animation Guild. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about what that organization does? Yeah, we're part of uh, we're the we're the local an animation local within okay. the bigger 
I-A-I-T-S-E. Yeah. They don't like to be called I-A-T-S-E. Okay. Yeah, good to know. I like saying I-A-T-S-E. I say I-A-T-S-E too, so it's good to know yeah. that they do not want you to say Yeah, they try. Stop they want us that. to say yeah. I-A. Yeah. I-A or say it all out. But, um, <laughs> I think I-A-T sounds kind of cute. I think it's, yeah, yeah, it's catchy, yeah. but yeah. I'll stop saying it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so we're like one of the few studios, right, in live action they divide up like all of the crafts right. with them on a set. Right. So it's like, you know, like grips and, mm. you know, like hair and makeup for have their own locals. And, but in animation, all of the different stages of production pretty much are in our, our guild. Oh, wow. Interesting. So, yeah. So like, you know, I think it's just because for so long there really isn't, a general respect for animation they always kind of like you know so they're like eh you can't be in our our union like go over there um the the thing that's interesting is that like um if you look at stop motion stop motion are basically like miniature live action sets yeah right yeah i mean the lighting's the same Mm -hmm. you know the props but they're not covered by any union right now oh whoa i didn't realize that interesting yeah so we want them in our union yeah but we'll see how yeah. that happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i mean we all need you know benefits and protection right. yeah and our jobs. for sure so our jobs only last for so long mm-hmm. and you're jumping from job to job so it's ridiculous to have health care and your benefits tied to your job right yeah it doesn't make sense Right. By the yeah. time they kick in, production's over and you're like yeah. off to the next thing. Uh, so the union kind of smooths that out and your healthcare travels with you. Awesome. Um, and then you're like banking these hours. So like like right now, the season for Little Demon wrapped right. and I'm, I still have my healthcare. Yeah. yeah. Like it's it's just staying with me. I, there's no way that I could have had my kids. Oh, yeah, know? for sure. Yeah. I mean, Mm -hmm. it would have been impossible. So if there's like, you know, every production is different. Some are more problematic than others. Yeah. And and animators tend to work by themselves. Animation people, you spend a lot of time by yourself working because you're just drawing. Right. There's a little bit of protection there. Yeah. 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 And a lot of times the studios are pretty responsive. Like they're like, oh. We didn't realize that was a problem, you know, and then they try to make adjustments or figure out how to how to handle it. So yeah. it just kind of gives you more of a voice to speak up. Right. So how does someone join the union? Do they get on a show and then the show turns union? Because we've heard a lot that that's sort of how it works for the live action world. But how does it work in animation? So there's a few different ways, right? Like um, a lot of the live action ones, there's like safety issues that they yeah. have to be trained up for. So right. you kind of have to make sure that if you're an electrician, yeah. you have to know how to do electricity. Right. <laughs> <You gotta laughs> <know>. <laughs> Turns out, yeah. But animation doesn't have that. Okay. We have some studios that are just signed on to okay. the to the union, you know. So like Disney, they were the first studio to ever oh, go wow. union, like in '52. And so Disney's almost like all of Disney's productions are union. Okay. If you get if you're not in the union, you get hired on a show to Disney. Uh, the requirement is that you join the union in okay. order to work on the I show. See. Right. 
if you are hired on to a show that's not union and all of your coworkers are suddenly like, you know, we really want some benefits and right. we really want, then you can like sign cards. I'm, I'm okay. totally making it sound really simplified. You can all decide mm-hmm. right, to be recognized, represented by the union. Right. Very interesting. Yeah. Well, going back to your job for just a second, Jeanette, what do you think is the most challenging part of your job? You know, like I'm used to talking to artists, right? With that. Yeah. And I'm, pr- I'm a pretty social person. Yeah. For me, I think trying to get communication from the people that created the show okay. so that, that they fully understand like what the limitations are in animation, okay. right? Interesting. Like live action, you can write up until they're shooting in the shooting schedule. Mm, like yeah. you're constantly rewriting, right? And you can even change a line on set and try a few different things. Yeah, you can do improv, yeah. Right. And in animation, you you cannot, you can't yeah. do that. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's almost like a working backwards because you need to have everything really, really planned out. Uh, but one thing that I did, like a on Little Demon, the creators of the show and Jersey, uh, Danny DeVito's show, they this was their first animated show. And uh, there were some things like I'm not as familiar with a live action set. Like mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know how they put those shows together. <laughs> like it, and uh, but I feel like I learned a lot from those guys because there are definitely things that they did and the way they track things that I was like, why aren't we doing that? Right. You know? Yeah. I love the improv stuff. Like that's yeah. where magic happens sometimes. Right. And in the booth, like you kind of have to be open to like them generating ideas mm-hmm. just like you are with the artist. Like if right. the artist try something right. out and you're kind of like, Oh, that's cool. Let's mm-hmm. incorporate that. So you have to kind of be open to it and not be too rigid. There is like a controlled chaos to the whole, to the whole thing. <laughs> right. I kind of love that really. That's yeah. like, to me, that's the thrilling part of it. Like I would never jump out of an airplane, never, but I would work on like, a first season. Show, yeah. You know? <laughs> Some would say that's a bigger risk. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Yeah. And that's interesting talking about the limitations of an animated show. Cause when we, we've talked to some writers who do a lot of live action and animation and they're like, the nice thing about animation is you're not limited by set location or, you know, like actors to hire. So it's interesting to hear the other side of it as you're not limited by that as much, but you are limited by the, just, the timeline you can't go back and forth as much so that's interesting well with design like you know we could we could like do design like a whole thing that yeah you know in like the mystical realm of hell or whatever right but then you need to plan out like how many drawings of that hell are we going to be using right because you can't just do like a 360 rotation in the room all of that stuff has to be drawn so you have to be really judicious, like, okay, the camera's planted here. Yeah. We're only getting these two corners of this room. So, you know, there are limitations. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. So do you have any moments from your career that really stand out as a favorite moment or like a really unbelievable moment where you're like, I can't believe this is what I get to do for a living? Oh, my God. Yeah, that happened. Like, yeah. we premiered at Comic-Con. Little Demon, we premiered nice. it at the Comic-Con. 
and it was like a room with like 2,000 people. In oh animation, that's so rare to like hear the audience feedback, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. It was thrilling. It was so great. And, you know, everybody, all the stars were on stage. There was that's like cool. Aubrey Plaza and, mm-hmm. you know, the DeVitos and like the writers of the show. And it was, it was a love fest. Like, I swear, like, uh, this last Comic Con was like, and I've been going since I was a cartoonist and not oh, an animation. Cool. Yeah. That was like the most fun <laughs> for me. That's uh, awesome. We actually went in 2019. So it's, a, it's pretty overwhelming. Yeah, you know? it is. It's really cool. But yeah, it's like every, every kind of entertainment, I feel like you can yeah. think, like, and we went to the adult swim like area outside that had all the games and stuff. It was really cool. Yeah, very overwhelming, but in a good way. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You're like, wow, there are a lot of nerds in this world. (laughs) (laughs) A whole city full of them right now. (laughs) Totally. Well, Jeanette, we have one more question for you before we move on to talk about the movie. And that question is, what advice do you have for people who are interested in getting into the animation world? It's crazy because there are so many animation schools now. Yeah. You don't have to go to CalArts, right? To mm-hmm. go to animation school anymore. CalArts is freaking expensive. It yeah. takes people a long time to pay those <laughs> loans off. But the other thing is there are so many resources online to mm-hmm. learn how to do stuff. And the software is like a lot cheaper now. It's a lot yeah. easier to learn. I mean, I think if you were like, say that you've been like selling insurance for a while and you're like, yeah, I think animation like uh, I think you could (laughs) I mean it takes a ton of work but just be drawing you know you just got to draw you have to draw all the time and you can't be precious about it you need to learn how to like draw something throw it away draw something throw it away like uh, you need to you know it's so hard when you're first learning to kind of give up that drawing I mean how many TV shows or movies that you see where the artwork is beautiful, but it completely fails because of whatever you can't be precious about it. Mm -hmm. You have to like, let it go. So I think that if, if somebody's really trying to get in, you have to try, you have to draw all the time. Yeah. The best way to get noticed if you have been drawing and learning everything is to make your own thing, right? Show that you can start and finish something. Um, if you don't have like that network, like if you go to CalArts, there's like a, uh, a lot of support for learning this stuff, right? You're mm-hmm. kind of plugged into this community. You're, you're considered a CalArtian. You're like connected with this whole network and all of these people will be coming up in the industry with you at the same time. Mm-hmm. If you don't have that, you have to meet as many people as you can. And online, it makes it a lot easier to do yeah. than it used to. If you're taking classes, talk to everybody and then finish something, something to show, mm-hmm. you know, something, because the truth is that these are companies that don't like taking risks and chances. And if there's something that you can do that proves that you know what you're doing or that you are eager to learn and are excited about it the attitude has so much to do with it yeah if you're somebody who's like not a great artist but you're like really excited and willing to learn they're going to respond to you like if you put your stuff out there you know on instagram or whatever 
people really are looking at that stuff. And even if you don't want, if, even if you don't draw, but you love animation, there's like a whole like support staff, like production people that are making sure that we're hitting our deadlines and are tracking everything we do. And, uh, you know, they love working in animation, but they don't draw. So there's like, you know, there's a, a ton of ways to get into it. Greetings, movie watchers of every kind. This is Bo. And Brittany. And Ian. From the Movie Cinema Film Club. Every week, we take turns choosing a film to watch, dissect, discuss, destroy, and delight in. And we invite you to join us in the wild banter. We're not your typical critics. In fact, we aren't critics at all. But we dive into all types of cinema, whether it be blockbusters, art house, foreign, B-movies, classics, or the bullshit that Ian likes, and we jump into it all with a drink in hand and some hot takes from our very different perspectives. Very funny, Britt. We even throw in some trivia and games in as well. Plus, we have an ongoing list of what we've watched, how we rated them, that we're willing to share with you so you'll know what's great, what's good, and what's garbage. If you like movies, cinema, film, or clubs, we got you covered. That's Movie Cinema Film Club, and it's available everywhere you listen to podcasts. Let's get to our featured film. Today we're discussing the 2022 animated film Pinocchio. It was written by Guillermo del Toro and Patrick Mihail, based on the book Pinocchio by Carlo Collodi. It was directed by Guillermo del Toro and Mark Gustafson, and it stars Ewan McGregor, David Bradley, and Gregory Mann. It's been nominated for the Oscar for Best Animated Feature Film. So Susan, give us a quick breakdown. What's this movie about? Yeah, so it is based on uh, The Fairytale Pinocchio, which I think a lot of people are familiar with, especially with the Disney film that came out. But it's about uh, Geppetto. In this version, it's a little bit darker, but um, it's really well done. In this story, Geppetto loses his son, so he I think this is the same as the fairy tale, but he carves a puppet out of a tree. Um, but it's all taking place in Italy during World War One and World War Two. So there's that layer of on there too. We actually see Mussolini. Yep. You see the effects of the fascism that's taking over the town. So. There's a little added layer, too, but pretty much the story of Pinocchio, but retold in a just a little different way. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Jeanette, you chose this movie for us to watch. Why did you choose Pinocchio? Oh, man. There are, it just proves like uh, all the different layers and themes that animation can handle. Yeah. You know, there's like the whole uh, the whole father, son, child relationship where. It's like, a you know, the son dies and then the expectation for the replacement, yeah. which is Pinocchio, and like that sibling not matching up, fitting up to the, right. Right. the human kid and the father having to come to terms with not comparing the two and accepting each kid for who they are. You know, that's pretty heavy. Yeah, it is. Heavy stuff, you know, like... Um, um, and it's so nice for it to be told in like an allegory, allegorical mm. kind of way. And then like the, you know, him including uh, the fascist element, which wasn't yeah. in the original book. No. And of course, right. Disney never would no. have brought that up. <laughs> no, they would not. But that's a really nice touch because mm -hmm. one, it speaks to like, you know, like what's going, like the current conversation yeah, right. worldwide, yeah. like because the, all these countries all around the world are dealing with this mm -hmm. stuff. And also like what it means to be 
like dictated to right. and like and compared to having the freedom and that so that also kind of mirrors uh what Pinocchio is going through mm-hmm. as a kid like being this chaos element but that keeps getting pushed down you know yeah. um so I, I don't know it's kind of it's it's incredibly well told and mm-hmm. and I think that I hope that it has the impact that shows that these human uh heavy things can be dealt with without it being an anime no kick right. on anime right <laughs> but you know anytime anybody thinks about like uh adult or like heavier themes they think of anime and i'm mm-hmm. like no it doesn't have to be anime. right and yeah. it's beautifully shot oh my oh, god yeah. it's so beautiful it's a stunning film yeah all all the artwork um the sculpting because i know a lot of it was they were 3d you know pieces mm-hmm. that also makes it faster yeah that also oh, it does. yeah that's yeah. the technology that's come in that has made uh, the 3d sculpting has made it faster for them okay. to make these puppets yeah cool but speaking of the themes i mean especially the theme of like when when to obey and when to question i think is brought up really well both with pinocchio and geppetto and then also with candlewick who is a boy mm-hmm. from Pinocchio's town and his dad. And then you also see like Geppetto and Pinocchio having like conflict, but resolving it positively and so loving. And then Candlewick kind of having to accept that his dad's not good. Like, mm-hmm. and that's a really interesting parallel too. But yeah, really, really heavy themes, but done in such a good way. Um, I don't know what this movie's actually rated, but I feel like it it could be any age could watch it almost. Well, this, um, this movie is dark. It is dark, yeah. but I mean, I don't know. I remember the nineteen the Disney Pinocchio that scene with the donkeys. That was very hard for me to watch oh, as yeah. a child. No, <laughs> so I feel yeah, like yeah. there's comparable stuff here, but um, I, it's dark, but I don't know it's done so well that I never feel like it's dark in a way that's not you can't comprehend or isn't justified. Yeah, I would say, I would say it's probably like around nine plus, but yeah, it's probably a PG. Probably yeah, PG. probably. Yeah. Yeah. There are scenes in this movie that I, I caught me off guard because it, they're so different than, you know, the classic Disney story. Mm-hmm. Like the, the story where they first meet Pinocchio and Geppetto is terrified. And he oh, just runs is, around, yeah. destroys his house pretty much, just banging <laughs> yeah. his, and just singing while he does it, like he's having the best time. It's yes. like this is a horror movie, <laughs> um, and it's just. But the jokes in the film are mm-hmm. funny. Uh, Ewan McGregor as as uh, Sebastian, the little cricket, is mm-hmm. awesome. Every time he has a little joke in it, I I seriously laughed out loud every time, um, and. <laughs> I love moments where I can laugh out loud mm-hmm. at a movie. His little jokes, like there's the one where he gets stepped on for the second time. And he's like, just the. I think I, he says like one nightmare after another. Or yeah, something. something like that. Yeah. Or he's about yeah. to burst into song. And he sings the first note and then someone hits him with a door and he yeah, goes flying off. Yeah, that's a running joke. <laughs> just, yeah, and then at the end, he finally gets yeah, to, he finally gets to sing. He finally gets a song, yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, and the voice acting that is excellent um yes and they they brought in some huge names to play even minor characters in yeah this. uh kate blanchett voices the monkey which is when i I, know. I saw that i was like what <laughs> which is not a speaking role he speaks a little bit through the marionettes but kind of but yeah. also it's mostly monkey noises <laughs> yeah 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 i mean i when i 
when I saw that, I was like, somebody's pulling some favorites. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, Guillermo del Toro is such a respected director. Yeah, I, of course, people mm-hmm. want to work with him. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, for I'm sure. sure any role and like it was probably fun for Kate Blanchett to do that she normally has to play pretty serious roles yeah, so for sure. <laughs> um it probably but, didn't even take very long you know right. oh, yeah. Probably yeah. Record. Right. Yeah. yeah like a day maybe yep probably a few pickups yeah later, you <laughs> right, know? Right. yeah but they did a really good job balancing the comedy with the more serious parts. Like yep. it was never, I never felt like it's like, oh, it's getting too serious, better throw a joke in so we don't get too deep. Like it was oh, really yeah. well balanced. So mm-hmm. I think that's one reason the comedy landed so well. It's because it never, I never felt like it detracted from those more serious themes. Yeah. <laughs> and he, yeah, I mean, but you do really do care about the characters. Yeah. I mean, you know, there, there's a scene where multiple scenes where Pinocchio is in serious danger <laughs> and Susan was yelling at the TV, right? Because, <laughs> you know, she wants, she wants him to be okay. You guys need to see it in the theater. Oh, oh I know. Yeah. God. It's yeah. so beautiful. I've heard a few like, uh, talks with him. Like we've had the benefit of living in LA is like, yeah. When it's award season, they have all these FYCs. Yeah. And, you know, like I've seen a couple of talks with Guillermo del Toro already in person talking about it. And he has such a respect for the medium and yeah. a love for it, just like Wes Anderson. Wes yeah. Anderson loves it too. And it makes sense for Wes Anderson because he controls his live action stuff yeah. in the same way. Yeah. You need yeah. to have a lot of control to work in that medium. Normally in a movie production that they have 60 sets, but Pinocchio had 250. Yeah. It's pretty incredible. They rigged those puppets, except for Pinocchio himself, but like Mm -hmm. some of those puppets have like rigs, like they're malleable faces where like a lot of the Leica stuff, they pop the whole face off Mm -hmm. and on. So that, I mean, those are really intricate puppets. Yeah. Yeah. So Jeanette, did you have a favorite scene in the film? I love when Pinocchio goes to hell. I mean, I yeah. guess that's right in line. Always, yeah. I love those. And the, I mean, I guess it's not really hell. It's like a the afterlife you know, like the way or station. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I love the way that it, they decided to represent it, like with mm. the with the black sand yeah. and like card playing guns, yeah, rap, yeah, you know, like rabbits. doing mm-hmm. their job. Yeah, and I love how they represented the fairy. It's amazing. Like they the imagery that they came up with was just so incredibly beautiful and like not unexpected, you know, even like when I saw the Pinocchio design before I saw the movie, I was like, Ooh, that's a little hard to look at, you know, because he was all kind of one color. Right. Like, um, I wasn't sure how it was going to move, but when you see it in the movie, perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Excellent. Susan, do you have a favorite scene? Yeah. Oh, I thought of a, I had one, and then I thought of two more while we were just talking about that <laughs> Um, That initial scene where Pinocchio, Pinocchio comes to life, and he has, like, the consciousness of, like, a little kid, but he doesn't know how to use his body yet, and he doesn't know what anything is. Just the pure, like, joyful chaos, I feel like was so realistic to how it would actually be like if a kid just came to life at six years old like it would be that chaotic because they're like i can move i can walk i can talk but i don't know what anything is so i'm going to touch everything like i thought that was really well done and then i really liked uh the first time he dies and you don't totally know what's happening and the rabbits 
are carrying his coffin and they're like he's dead i'm sure of it and then he said something they're like no i saw the paperwork i really like that because you're you don't really know what's happening um and then you kind of just have to figure it out i I really liked how that was done too and then Mm -hmm. the tree where the tree limb is growing that's the part i was like shouting at the tv about how they were climbing the branches um the tension the the tension there was great yeah Yeah. oh yeah 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 i was like why are they just walking on their feet they should i know (laughs) i was like climb it like a ladder it's not a tightrope you don't you're making it harder for yourself climb it like it's a tree which it is That'd be crazy. <laughs> it heightened the stakes. It You're did. Kind of like, yeah. fall. I was They're like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, I I love the character design in this film. It's mm-hmm. so good. But I think my favorite scene is probably. I mean, I love the scenes with the afterlife where he's talking to the Sphinx. Yeah. Those are beautiful. But I think my favorite scene is the end with the whale. You know, when uh, it's being chased, and you know, I don't want to spoil it, but the big finale essentially. Um, is great and at the same time i hated this film's villains i mean they're so <laughs> despicable um they're good villains they were really because, well done because so, i don't yeah. like them but I mean, all the character design is just really astonishing work mm-hmm. oh man the way they represented Mussolini was so funny yes <laughs> so good when we were shocked when we we're like Oh, that's weird. They're, they're referencing Mussolini. And then he's in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Yeah. It's pretty great. It gave him like, that great profile. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Kind of dumb. Yeah, just like an Super old. Dumb. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of all the Pinocchio movies that came out in 22, which I just discovered a fourth one. What? This is the what? one to see. Yeah, this is the one to see. We like to finish up our show today with a game that we're calling Movie Alter Egos. In honor of Pinocchio, we're going to see how both of you know films that tell similar stories around the same time. So, Jeanette, you're going to be playing against Susan. So, here are the rules. I'm going to describe the details of two movies. As soon as you know the name of one of them, shout out the name of that film. If you are correct, you'll earn a point. And for a bonus, you can also name the second film. However, if you're wrong, the other person will get a chance to guess. I have five movie pairings for you to identify, and the first person to name three correctly will win our prize. And Susan, what's our prize? I did some Life in the Credits merchandise, like a shirt or a mug or something like that. All right. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So Very high stakes. <laughs> Jeanette, are you ready to play? I am ready. Susan, are you ready? Ready. Your first movie pairing. The year is 1998. These are both movies about disasters. San Andreas? I'm sorry, that's not correct. Susan, you have a guess before I keep giving clues? I do not. Okay. The first one stars Bruce Willis and Ben Affleck. Armageddon? Yes, Susan. Very good. Is correct. And for the bonus point, what's the other disaster? Is it Apollo 13? I'm sorry, that's not correct, but that's a good guess. Yeah. The other one, of course. Well, does does she get a chance? Okay. Not not on the bonus points. Okay. Uh, The the second film is Deep Impact. Oh, I don't think Uh, I knew those two. I've never seen Deep Impact. Same year, 1998. (laughs) I didn't know they were. Why did I say San Andreas? That wasn't in 98. I mean, it's a disaster movie, though. It's all right. We're warming up. Yeah. It was only the first question. All right, number two. The year is 2006. These are both movies about dueling magicians. 
Oh, uh, um, oh God, what is the name of that one? With the P. I can't remember the name of it. It starts with a P. It does. I'm gonna, I'll keep giving clues. Okay. The first film stars Christian Bale and Hugh Jackman. And you know the movie, don't you? I do, and I can't think of the name. When someone's really high class, you say they have a certain level of what? Can I Google it? <laughs> <laughs> no Googling allowed. I think I know what it is, but I don't want to steal it because I feel like I got a clue when she said. No, go ahead and say Is it, it Prestige? Yes. And prestige, I do not remember. Right. Yeah, I don't remember what the other. <laughs> there, I know there was another Magicians movie. I don't remember what it's called. That's okay. Do you know the other one, Jeanette? Probably not. This is one that's that's not as well known. It's The Illusionist. Okay. Maybe I didn't oh. know it. Yep. Because I, I don't, I guess if it came out the same year, I probably just saw The Prestige and then that was my film magician movies for the year. <laughs> I, I do remember, I do remember that the other, the second one came out. Yeah. I, did, I don't think I saw it. I don't think I did either. I just remember thinking two movies about magicians. Yeah. Like, that's surprising. 2006 was a big year for magicians. Yeah. That's executives talking to each other and competing. Yeah. To <laughs> I bet a lot of these are that, actually. Yeah. All right, number three. The year is 1997. Okay. Both movies involve scenes with lava. Oh. <laughs> Joe versus the volcano. Oh, that's a great that's guess. A guess. That was in my head, too, but I was like, I don't think that's it. But that's, that's like 97. I it was already in my, it was in my head, too. Yeah, um, that, I think that was pre-97, but yeah. Yes. The first one. Stars Pierce Brosnan and Linda Hamilton. I have no idea. The second one stars Tommy Lee Jones and Anne Hesch. I have no idea. Yeah. What, what is a disaster with lava in it? Well, a volcano. Yes! Volcano <laughs> is the name of one of the films. Oh what? <laughs> yes, absolutely. That's like, isn't there a movie coming out called Plane? Yes, it is. <laughs> Jeanette, for a bonus point, do you know the other film? Oh my God, no. San Andreas? <laughs> no, I don't know. It's, it's Dante's Peak. Oh, oh, I forget Dante's Peak is about volcanoes because I don't yep. think I ever saw it. And like, I don't know. I guess I think it's about mountaineering or something. Yep. I always forget what it's about. Is All that right. the Pierce Brosnan one? Yes, it is. Okay. All right. We've got two left. <laughs> All right. Score, what are we at? Score is <laughs> two to one. Susan's in the lead. <laughs> Number this four. This is a hard game. It is a hard game. Number four. The year is 2011. These movies are about best friends hooking up, but not romantically. Oh, God. I don't watch those movies. I don't. <laughs> I'm not a rom-com type person. Are they rom-com or are they no, darker? No, they're rom-coms. Rom-com, okay. Hmm. The first one stars Justin Timberlake and Mila Kunis. And the second one stars Natalie Portman and Ashton Kutcher. I like remember these movies coming out. Yeah. Do you remember the names of either of them? What year was it? 2011. I don't know. What's it called when you have a deal with someone to hook up but not be in a relationship? A friend with benefits? Yes, Jeanette. Very good. <laughs> that is the name of one of the movies. <laughs> these movies are just like... 
We're just thinking too hard about it, yeah. I think. <laughs> you absolutely are. The other one is called No Strings Attached. Oh. oh okay. Yeah. Because okay. I don't think I saw those either, but I do remember the same thing with The Magicians. I was thinking, like, those are, like, the same movie. Yep, yep exactly. <laughs> All right, we got one more for you. Now, here's the exciting thing. It's two to two. Oh, my God. So, whoever gets this last one is going to win the game. Okay. Number five. The year is... 2012. These movies are a retelling of a classic fairy tale. The first one stars Kristen Stewart and Charlize Theron. Cinderella? No. Not Cinderella, is it? Oh, you're so close. It's not Cinderella. Sleeping Beauty. <laughs> you gotta keep going no. through Disney princesses. I know, I have to go through all of that. But not it's not Beauty and the Beast, right? No, it's no, not Beauty and the Beast. That's, that's Emma Watson? Yes. Uh, the other movie stars Lily Collins and Julia Roberts. Now I really don't oh. know what it is. I don't remember. Snow White? Yes! Oh, Snow really? White and the Huntsman <laughs> is correct. Oh! <laughs> Snow White. And the other movie is Mirror, Mirror. Oh, I've never heard of that movie. Yeah. Yep, same year. <laughs> I've heard of Maleficent, which is, isn't that Snow White? No, Maleficent's no, Sleeping Beauty? that's Sleeping Beauty. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the one that was Beauty. stuck in my head, but I knew that was wrong. <laughs> Well, good job, Jeanette. You actually nice won. Shot. But that was a hard Thank game. Thank you for helping me. Yeah. <laughs> We're here to make the guests look good. Well, great job, both of you. That was a lot of fun, and congratulations on your win. Yes, congrats. Yay. Well, before we let you go, Jeanette, is there anything that you would like to plug? All episodes of Little Demon are on Hulu right now, so binge away. And uh, I'm working on a pilot right now for Comedy Central. Uh, it hasn't been announced yet. So, yeah. you know, keep checking my IMDb page. Awesome. <laughs> Keep an eye out for it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sounds great. But, you know, yeah, it's kind of a going more in the adult direction. Okay, so cool. Well, we can't wait to jam. see it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you for joining us today. This was really fun. Yeah, it was fun. I enjoyed it. Life in the Credits is hosted and produced by me, Susan Swarner. And me, Ben Bloom. It's executive produced by Michelle Levin. The music is written and performed by Steve Trowbridge. You can hear more of Steve's music at TrowbridgeSongs.com. The show logo is created by Melissa Durkin. If you'd like to support Life in the Credits and get access to exclusive perks, you can do so at Patreon.com. If you'd like to follow or get a hold of us, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Life in the Credits or shoot us an email at LifeInTheCredits at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Wow, there are a lot of nerds in this yeah. world. <laughs> <laughs> a whole city full of them right now. <laughs>